I'm so rich and I ain't talking about cheddar, but I bet cold Christ go and talk to the teller, cut a text that I get, I'll be cashing forever. Good morning. Good morning. All right, good morning. There's a there's a sense of excitement in the air. Anybody anybody get a get a bite of that? Amen. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. Let's start with let's start with a quote this morning. Ready? Tell all the gossipers que se callen. Tell them it's it's church time. Come on. Amen. Good morning. <laughs> I love I love these guys. All right, here we go. Nothing is easier than saying words. Nothing is harder than living them day after day after day. Come on, give a hearty amen. amen. Nothing's easier than saying words. Nothing's harder than living them day after day after day. Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord God. I thank you for your people, your church, Lord God. Father, help us, Lord, to help us to get out of the way so that you can have your way in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. Amen. Let me just tell you, I am so humbled by your reply, your response this past week. It was so awesome to get together, to be a part of something big, amen? And I'm so humbled by your response, man, and I'm excited to move on with our 30-day challenge. We got through week one. Let me get that week one thing on, on, on up there. We got through week one. Week one was prayer connecting with God. Amen. So we're ready to move on to week two. Week two is fasting, committing to God, committing to God. We're going to talk about two areas of fasting today, social media, ay, ay, ay. We're going to sacrifice the selfie this week, and, and then we're going to have a food fast. But I think the social media fast is going to hurt you more than the food fast. I, I think so. Week three, week three, we're going to go into studying. Week three is going to be about consuming the word. Amen? Week three, we're going to get into the word. You're actually going to read the entire book of John in a week by yourselves, not with me. Amen? Three chapters a day. I don't know how you're going to do it, but it's a challenge. Amen? Week four, week four is beast mode week. Week four means we're going to carry it all out. We've been praying. We've been fasting. We've been studying. Week four, we're going to just do, do it all in one and, and actually walk it out. Amen? That means we're going to sign up for every ministry listed and even those that are not listed. That means we're going to do random act of kindness to people at work. We're going to just bless people for no reason at all. We're going to walk in everything that we've practiced the first three weeks. Amen? You still with me on this challenge? All right, if you, didn't get, if you didn't get a band last week, this is just to remind you, just to hit yourself like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to remember. Just to remind yourself that you're in something, that you're practicing something. Remember, <coughs> the goal of this challenge is to live a life of purpose. Yeah, right now. That's good. Amen. See, I'm going to make sure I get one before everybody takes them. Praise God. 
The goal of this challenge is to live a life of purpose on purpose. This is the lady that was screaming amen that she got here for the first time. Come on, girl. Come on. Amen. The goal of this whole challenge is not just to hurt you for a couple of weeks. It's to live a life of purpose on purpose. To live a life that shines with the will and the purposes of God. To grow and mature and be healthy, strong Christians. Amen? Amen. Come on, there's no more 35, 45, 50-year-old Christian babies. It's time for us to grow up. Unless you first come into God at 40, then that's all right. Then I'll give you a week or two to, to catch up to the rest of us. Amen? So this past week was a prayer challenge. You guys responded. It was so awesome to be a part of that. I know that it wasn't easy. I know your schedules were hectic last week because so was mine. Amen? I know there were, there were some, some things that, you know, that some, some, uh, some meals didn't get cooked at home. Some laundry didn't get done. Come on. It's a sacrifice. Amen? I know that some of you, listen, some of you called into the prayer conferences. Who was a part of that? I want, amen. I want one of those calls I heard, we had 138 people yeah. dialed in praying on, on a phone. Like, what is that? Is that, is that your thing? Because we'll do it. I don't care. Amen? And so, I mean, it's just awesome to be part. Some of you, I know, some of you couldn't make it in, but you, you, you watched online. Some of you couldn't watch online, but you had prayer services at home. You prayed with your family. You took some time. You, man, I'm, I'm hearing awesome stories, and that's awesome, man. I'm so proud because it, the, whole, the whole thing is it's not just to sacrifice a couple of nights a week. It's to build healthy habits. Amen? That's what this was all about and what it's all about, to build healthy habits. I hope now when this Wednesday come along that it's just a regular prayer Wednesday. It has nothing to do with the challenge. I pray that the same number will be out this Wednesday because it's a habit of doing things like this already. We're going to keep the same format that we did during the prayer. It's just going to be one hour, 7.30 to 8.30, and we're just going to pray and worship. Amen? Because, church, I believe when we pray, something happens. And, and you need to get this. When we pray, I, I believe when we pray, we deter things from happening. Oh, come on. Li listen into this. Listen. When we pray, <coughs> we provide a covering that wasn't there before. I, I want you to understand what we do. It's not, it's not coming just to come, just to say a lot of people came. It's, not, it's coming because I believe that when we pray, something changes. Listen, listen, we can get a clear view of God's heart from the word if we look at the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. I know, like a weird passage to choose to show the power of prayer. But watch this, watch this. In Genesis 18, God says, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I'm going to go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has come to me, God says. And if it's true, then judgment is going to come on Sodom and Gomorrah. So understand, that's the, what's going on here. And so, the human, so, so we, we, we read from that that our human condition cries out to God. That when we suffer, God knows. That when we're, when we're dealt with injustice, God sees it. That our outcries call out to him. Also that our sins call out to him. We, we see this from this little passage. 
So, so God is sharing at this point, he was sharing, he's building Abraham. And he, he wanted Abraham to have the heart of an intercessor. So he's sharing with Abraham what he's going to do at Sodom and Gomorrah to see if Abraham could come out of him uh, uh, intercessor, the, the, the heart of an intercessor. And so God shares it with him and immediately it has its result because, you know, when God wants something, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come forth. Amen. So Abraham starts crying out with him, and, and, and Abraham is, is, a, is a master negotiator. Abraham is in the heart of God at this moment. God is sharing his heart. Can you imagine if God shared his heart with you about somebody? Can you imagine how close we could be with God? That God could talk to you and say, man, you know, I'm thinking of doing this. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? So, so, God, so God shared, Abraham, Abraham, I'm thinking of... This is what I need to do because, you know, the, the sin is crying out to me from Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to go down there. And, and Abraham says, God, God, you're so good. God, you are so merciful. God, you are so awesome that surely you wouldn't wipe out the righteous with the wicked. And so he says, he says God, God, surely if there were 50 righteous people in that city, surely you'll spare the whole city. Right, God? Because you're so good. And he's not manipulating, he's, he's, he's telling God about his own heart. He's saying, God, your heart is so good, you wouldn't wipe out the righteous with the wicked. So if there are 50 people there, wouldn't you spare the city? And God says, you know, you're absolutely right. If, you find, if I find 50 righteous people in the whole city of Sodom and Gomorrah, I'll spare the city. And so then Abraham kicks in again. He says, but, but God, if you come up five people short, Surely for five people, you're not going to let 45 righteous, surely you're not going to destroy the city. And God said, okay, you know what? Okay. If there's 45 righteous people in the city, I'll spare the city. And, and, and uh, Abraham keeps pushing. He said, God, I don't want to be presumptuous. God, I know I'm just a flea, you know, speak. I'm just dust. But God, I'm, I'm pleased. Hey, what if there were 40? And God says, if there are 40... And, and he starts dropping in fives and fives. And then, then he gets bold and he starts dropping by tens. Say, God, what if there were only 25 people? And he gets God all the way down to 10. He says, God, if, if there were 10 people in this city, would you wipe out the entire city if there were 10? And God said, listen, listen, church, this is persistent, effective prayer. You need to see this because this is good stuff. This could change you. Listen, God says if, 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 if there are 10 people in that entire city, if I find 10 people that love me, 10 people that are righteous, what does righteous people mean? Those are not perfect people. Righteous people are just people in right standing with God. They're people like us that have a relationship with God. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they do everything right. It doesn't mean they walk around with monks and, mm, and they pray. All. No, they're not, they're not uh, priests or uh, pastors. Or, no, they're just 10 people that have a relationship with God. If I find 10 righteous people, people that gather to worship, 10 people that gather to honor me, if I find a little house group of 10 in that whole city, I will spare the land. Church, church, do you see the implications of this? If I find 10 people, there's probably 250, 250 people here. If I just find 10 people in the Bronx that would gather to pray, if I just find 10 people that have a love for me, if I just find 10 people, he says, church, if we look at the news, it may not look like things are getting anything, any better. Amen? 
As a matter of fact, it may appear that things are getting worse. God says at the end times, as the end times approach, th- things are going to get worse, increasingly worse. We read that in the scriptures, but we also see in the scriptures, the word says that if my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Family, you have to believe according to the history in the word that when we pray, it matters. When you and I pray, it matters. See, according to God, God, God's heart is that none should perish. The word says that. God's heart is that none should perish. The longer the righteous stand and the longer the righteous seek God's face, the longer we walk in forgiveness, the longer we're forgiving others and accepting forgiveness, the longer we're showing people the love of God, we're pushing back judgment. Do you, do you understand that? You're pushing, and, and we can say, you know what, things are so bad, I just want to go. I just want to go be with God. Why, why do I want to push back judgment? Why? Because there's still family members of yours that don't know God. There's still friends that you love dearly that have no relationship with God. Why do we want to push back judgment? Because if judgment came right now, who could stand? And so in, in our prayer times, we push back judgment. We're called the salt and light of the earth. That means we're the salt. That means we prevent decay. We preserve. But at the same time, we preserve, but then we have to shine as lights. So we preserve, we push back judgment, we hold back decay, and then we shine so that more would, would, would come to God so that more would have a relationship so that there would be. See, according to God's math, God says, if I find 10 people at a prayer meeting somewhere in the Bronx, I'll hold off. I'll push back judgment. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So, so church, it, pray, it, it matters when we pray, and that's why we did a week of prayer, and I don't want that to be that week for the rest of the year. I want this to be something of who we are. This has to be who we are, Amen. So I gave you another challenge, another assignment last week, and that was to hear from God and to find your word for the year. Those of you that are new today, we, we gave up resolutions in, in this church two years ago. We don't do resolutions. We choose a word for the year. We ask God to give us one word to shape us all year round. And we use that word, and, and I love the testimonies that I hear back from you. And, and some of you even give me angry testimonies, which is awesome. I'll put somebody on blast, but I'm not going to give you their name. So if you're sitting there, don't worry about it. But one person came up to me and said, you know, I was hoping you didn't do this again. Because my word, nobody look around if you know who this is. My word was discipline. And it wrecked me all year. All year it wrecked me. All year I tried to do this and try to do that, and that word wrecked me all year. I was hoping you didn't do this again. I was so mad when I heard you announce that you're doing this again. I was hoping you forgot about this was a fad that just went. But see, it's because of testimonies like that that we need. I know this works, amen? And so we know, and, and we, need, we need to have a word to shape us all year round. And so, yeah, we're doing it again. If you haven't done it, how many of you found your word for the year? Whoa. Amen. Amen. 
Tell you what, at the count of three, I want you to shout your word out with boldness and, and confidence. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. I heard every one of those. I'm going to write them down. How many of you know God heard every one of those, though? How many of you know he connected every one of those with the person? Because if he knows the hair on our head, especially a pelong like me, if he knows the hair on our head, imagine how he knows and and can distinguish the voice with the person. And so when you shouted out today, confidence, God said, oh, amen. That's, That's the word I gave you. That's a God word. Amen. So if you haven't done it yet, you, you, you're going you're gonna to get one today, I believe. I believe God's going to drop one on you today before you leave. Amen. Now, remember, we don't want a good word. We want a God word. If we get a good word, some of you come up to me and tell me, Pastor, my word for the year is liposuction. <laughs> tell my pastor, tell my, tell my husband I need $4,000. No, 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 no. That might be a good word for you. That's not a God word for you. Maybe God needs to suck the fat out of your head, maybe. Amen? We want a God word. Somebody say amen. Amen. Listen, you can ask God right now. Ask him, God, what do I need to focus on this year? What is one area of my life that you haven't got, you you want to get a hold of? God, in what way do I need shaping? And then once you pray the little simple prayer, then you say, God, I'm ready for you to reveal my word. Reveal my word to you. Look, I'm going to give you some right now. I'm going to give you some that we got from last year that worked. So these are proven words. Amen? These come with a guarantee. You get your money back if, if they don't work. You ain't give me no money, so it's all good. Here's, here's a word for you. Some, look, God is saying to some of you, here's, a, here's an excellent word that worked for a lot of people. Priority. God is telling some of you, get your priorities straight. Perseverance. God is telling some of you, don't give up. It's time for you to keep on. This year, don't be a quitter. This year, keep on going. This year, you're going to fall, but you're going to get back up and you're going to do it again. And you're going to fail again, but you're going to move on again. And every time, you're going to get stronger. And you're not going to fall in the same area again because you're getting stronger and you're moving on. A word for some of you this year is confidence. A word for some of you this year is balance. God is saying, put things in balance. You are out of proportion the way you're living your life right now. So here's another word for you, hope. Some of you walk around as pessimists. Everything is bad. Oh, nothing good ever happens to me. I never win anything. I never get anything. That's because you're not doing anything. Come on. It's time. This year, God is saying hope. It's time to hope for something. So there's a word for some of you right now. Push. God's telling you push. Push. Stop Stop losing ground. Stop falling back. Push. Amen. Pray until something happens. For some of you, God is saying the word is wisdom. Wisdom. Because God said I'll never turn. If you ask for wisdom, I'll give it to you. So that's a promise that God already gave you. So that's a good word. It's a, it's a surefire word. Amen? Inspire. Support. For some of you, God gave me this word, smile. Smile. Because your attitude sucks. Because maybe in the inside, I'm, I'm just going to give it to you straight. Amen? Listen, this year my word is Clarity. So I'm going to be clear about what I expect. I'm going to be clear with things. I'm going to be clear with the vision that God gives us. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Now, now you're scared, right? Like you've been sugarcoating up to now? <laughs> so, so, so the word for some of you is smile because maybe there's Jesus on the inside, but nobody ever sees it on your face. So your word is smile because you have to keep remembering God's going to use that word so that you can smile more. So that you can let your face know that there's a Jesus on the inside. Amen? (laughs) For some of you, the word is shine. 
Some of you are the best undercover Christians ever. You are better than any undercover police officer that we have in the building, and we have a few. I can't ask them to stand because they're undercover. Obviously. But some of you are the most undercover Christians. If I ask anybody at your job, this guy go to church? I don't know. Right? It's time for you to shine. This is actually a word for some of you. Shine. For some of you, here's a word. Believe. It's time to grow and believe that God wants better for you. Believe that, that God has an answer to your petition. Believe that God is bringing that husband, that wife, whatever, that job, that situation. that you Believe. Amen? That's a word for some of you. Receive that. Somebody caught it. I saw that. You caught it and you hit it. He said, I'm taking this before anybody takes it. For some of you, the word is now. God is saying, Kefera, what are you waiting for? Now. And, and that needs to be your word for the year. Now. Well, I'm thinking about now. What do you, well, maybe I'm going to help out now. Do it now. God is saying now. That's a word for some of you. For some of you, it's attitude. For some of you, it's listen. You talk too much. Listen. Nobody ever got smarter talking. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Nobody ever got smarter by talking. Shut up. Your word is listen for the year. People are say, why are you so quiet? Because my word is listen. I'm listening. I'm taking everything in this year. I'm going to be, be slow. My words are going to be few so that they can be powerful and meaningful. Amen? I wish I could do that, but I can't. I got to talk. For some of you, the word is strong. For some of you, the word is stand. For some of you, the word is serve. Serve. Get out of your seat and serve. Amen? The church, too many people, too little people do all the work in church. And everybody else just comes in whenever they want to come in. You stroll in at, at uh, you know, 10 minutes to the preaching. You stroll in four minutes after the preaching started. I'm not getting on anybody's case, but I'm just letting you know. Amen? For, so we need to serve. We need to, it's time for us to say, you know what? When the doors open, I'm going to be there. I'm going to get a good seat, and I'm going to get ready to praise God. Amen? I'm going to come with an attitude, man, to, of praise. I'm not going to make it hard for the worship team to break through so that they got to, like, fight for, for 10 minutes before they can finally open up. I'm going to make it so that as soon as they come out, we're already worshiping before they start. Amen? Amen? So for some of you, serve. For some of you, it's positive. You're so negative. If Jesus is inside you, be positive. Come on. I love, there's some hearts in here, especially the lady that's always screaming in here, preach it. Man, she's been through some stuff, but she still smiles. She's still happy. She's been through some stuff. She's not a millionaire. She's not sitting there and have everything she wants. She's she been through some stuff, but she can still stand and she can still serve God. Amen? She can still be positive, man, and that's amazing. For some of you, the word is trust. He's, I don't trust any of this. God's saying this year you need to step out and trust. For some of you, it's identity. Stop letting people tell you who you are and, and be who God called you to be. For some of you, it's motivation. For some of you, it's harmony. For some of you, it's pursue. You have to pursue what you want to become. That means go to school. That means get a job. That means whatever that means. You need to pursue what God is calling you to, to, to get a hold of. And I left one example for last because I want to talk about this a minute. For some of you, and I believe there's at least five of you in here that are going to hold this word for the year. The word is commitment. That's a tough word. We are so commitment challenged. Our culture teaches us to be so commitment phobic. Somebody say amen. But that's not who we're called to be, amen? 
Listen to this quote. Commitment in the face of conflict produces character. Commitment in the face of conflict. That means if I say I'm going to do something, even if it gets hard, I'm going to do it. And that will produce character in you. Amen? So this week our focus is fasting. Fasting is committing to God. Fasting is one of the hardest commitments that we can make to God because it's denying ourselves to honor God. And, and, and you may not know this, but this society, our culture, teaches us to never deny yourself. Have it your way. Amen? Have it your way. How many of you get angry when the microwave meal takes three minutes <laughs> instead of one minute? How many of you, you get, like, literally pissed off if you got to put it for another minute? I got to wait 60 more seconds for this food to be ready? The definition of commitment is a promise to be loyal to someone or something. The definition of commitment is a promise to do or to give something personally. This is me personally. This ain't the word. So I'm separating it. I'm standing over here. This is me personally. There's no one I respect more than a person that says he's going to do something and actually does it. What a concept. A person that says he's going to be there and actually shows up. Oh, my God. Nobody I respect more than a person that says they're going to make something happen, and they actually make it happen. See, you, you, you have to understand, as a pastor, you can't imagine how many times people come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm going to take care of this thing for you. <laughs> pastor, don't worry about it. No, I got this. Me. I got this. Whatever, I got this. Whatever. How much it costs? I got it. Whatever that costs is you, I got that. You, you know how many times... <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I don't get excited anymore when people tell me things like that. I don't, I, if Donald Trump walked in here and said, Hey, Pastor, don't worry, I'm going to fund this. I will not get excited anymore because too many people told me that and never followed through. So when, when, when somebody tells me, oh, Pastor, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to knock this out, I'm going to knock this wall down, I'm going to build this, I'm going to put a second floor in this building for you, I'm going to, you know, whatever, you know, everything. I, I always tell them, listen, brother, <laughs> because usually it's a man. I'm sorry to say, but the women in here hold it down. The women that tell me that they're going to do something, I, I don't even think about it twice, it gets done. When you got people like Stacy and Margie and, and, and Melinda, I mean, when you got, I mean, these women, but, but so it's usually I say, brother, <laughs> I'm so excited that you're excited. <laughs> I'm so excited that God put this on your heart. That's awesome. But we'll, we'll celebrate after it's done. Amen. <laughs> We're going to celebrate when it's done. Show me your intentions by what you do. And not so much by what you say, amen? Matthew, Matthew 5 talks about this. He says, you know, don't, don't make all these false vows and promises on your head and promises on your heart. You know, people tell you, oh, I swear on my children's eyes. I mean, that's like ridiculous to say, right? I swear on my grandmother's life that I'm going to, you know, God says, 
Matthew says here, just let your yes be yes. And let your no be no. Amen? 2015, church, can we be people of our word this year? Does anybody want to be a person of their word this year? I, I want my word to matter. I don't know about you, but to me, that would be discouraging if I just heard what I heard. Because I want my word to matter. I want, if, if, if I went up to you and said, listen, brother, I'm going to do that for you. You need this, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to pay for that, or I'm going to fix this, or I'm going to build that. I want that to mean something. If I said that to somebody, I want them to say, oh, man. I want to be able to say, I took a load off of somebody's shoulders. I, I let God use me. I, I was a part of something. And I, that's how I want people to react, not like, oh, okay, buddy, see you later. So 2015, let's be people of the word, Amen. See, there's a difference between involvement and commitment. The difference is like an egg and ham breakfast. The chicken was involved, the pig was committed. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> See, when we fast, we're practicing the discipline of commitment. The biggest reference to fasting in the Bible is, of course, the book of Daniel, right? And so in Daniel chapter 1, let me tell you real quick, in Daniel chapter 1, the king of Babylon, he captured Jerusalem, and he, and he because back, back then, God would always tell his people, follow my ways, follow my ways, and I'm there with you, and I'll cover you, and I'll be there with you, and I'll, I'm, I'll be in your midst, and I'll be, and every time God's people turned away from God, and they started worshiping other gods, and God would warn them again and again with the prophets, and every time God would warn them, and they would stray away, it would take 10 years, 15 years sometimes, God will allow them to be captured by their enemies. Oh, that's a whole message there. That's a whole message there. When we do things our own way, sometimes God will allow us to be captured by our enemies. And let them do anything they want to us. That's a whole other message. But this is what was happening here in the book of Daniel. The king of Babylon captured Jerusalem, ca captured his people. And then he ordered that the youngest and the strongest of their youth be brought into the training camps. To be indoctrinated with their beliefs. See, the enemy went after the young people. Interesting, the word, this is probably one of the only times the word mentions handsome and good looking. The king of Babylon, he said, I want the young people that are strong, that are, that are viral, and that are handsome, that are good-looking people. So he wanted like the best of the best. He wanted the cream of the crop, so to speak, right? And so he would gather them. He went after the young people. Then he would bring them into a lavish lifestyle of training. <coughs> and he would show them the riches that they could have as being part of that kingdom, you know. He showed them the way that they could live. They had wines and meats and, and like the best, the best of everything that the king, they, he would eat with the king. And so he wanted to show them and shape them and mold them to think the way he wants them to think. He would change their names even in an effort to change their identities. He would change their names in an effort to change their identities. That's deep. See, Daniel means God is my judge. He, named, he renamed Daniel Belshazzar, which means favored by Bel, one of their gods. So imagine your name means God is my judge. And they, he, 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 he renamed him favored by Satan. Totally changed his identity. So totally changed. So, so Daniel was one of those captured, and so was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys know that, that story. 
And when he was offered the choice foods and the drinks of the king, he refused to defile himself because all of that stuff was usually offered up to their gods and prepared in a manner where it was sacrificed to their gods. And so Daniel said, I'm not going to defile myself with, with the king's food. Daniel said he was committed to serving the one true God. And so he said, just give me vegetables and water. Just give me what I need to sustain myself. But I don't want to be defiled by the king's stuff. I don't want the, the, non, I want the non-rich foods, the foods that, that the king doesn't serve or eat himself, the non-processed, the non-prepared food. And God honored Daniel because of his commitment. And so when, when, when Daniel said, test me in this, see, in 10 days, if, if we're looking any worse or skinnier than the other guys, and when, when they came to test him in 10 days, the, the Hebrew boys that had dedicated and fasted, they were stronger and wiser than the other ones in captivity that were eating all the good king stuff. So God honors, sadly, the enemy has the same strategy today. Listen, he attacks the enemy. The enemy's strategies hasn't changed. He's still after our young people. He's still after the strongest and boldest and most influential. He's still changing the names to hide their identities. Come on, look at our young people today. What does the hip-hop culture tell our young people? You're itches and hoes. That's all you are. I said itches to be correct. I don't want nobody saying, let me say I curse. But you'll hear it in your music and you won't judge nobody, right? But me, you, you, you send me emails. <laughs> but you can hear it on the car on the way home and everything's gravy. But we change our identities. What happens when we tell a young person from 10, 11 that she's just a video? What, what happens? What does she, it changes her identity. She's not favored by God. She's not, what does she mean? If you look at a video, it takes four or five women to please one man. So what does that tell your little young daughters? That they're not worth anything. They're worth one in four. And what does it tell your young men? That those women are not worth anything. That they're there to be used. They're there to be ornaments on my beamer. They're there to be ornaments on my car. They're there to be used and abused, right? And so, and so the enemy is still showing them the riches and the goods that they can have. Look at the music industry. It teases, teases young men with power, money, sex, and drugs. And, and we get our youth on the hook with the tease that, that if they follow through on this, if they live this lifestyle, they'll be just like Kanye and Jay-Z. And what happens? They, the problem is they, they get stuck on the lowest of these promises. The drugs are cheap and they keep you stupid. Right? Drugs are cheap. They can't just stay lifted and sag my pants even though I'm 36. So the drugs will keep you cheap and stupid, and then they're taught that since sex is technically free, it has no value, so they'll just use it and be used by it. It's the same thing. The enemy's still attacking our young people, changing. It has no value. And, and the thing is, they all think they're going to reach that level, but nobody reaches the Kanye and Jay-Z level. That's one or two a season that the puppeteer lifts up and raises as a bait to bring more and more masses. But these knuckleheads are so misguided. Look what they call themselves. This one's Jehovah and this one's Jesus. They think they're gods. Why? Because they're the gods of this age. Because the enemy's using them as puppets to lure masses and masses. Oh, that's a whole other message. I don't know why I'm getting into that. 
They're just trying to capture and destroy the innocence of our young people. And at one point, they too, they're going to be used up and discarded in the fire. And we'll see it on TV and be sad about it. But meanwhile, you was at the Yeezus concert. We need to pray, church. We need to pray that the veil is removed from our young people's eyes. Amen? The other day I was in the train. I, I, I told a couple people about this because it got me so angry. The other day I was in the train, and now, you know, young people, now what they want, headphones is not good enough. Now they want to walk around with their USB speakers and play their music on the subway so everybody can hear. Let me let you know right now, if I end up in jail one day, that's what happened. Just so you know, I have a witness and a testimony. Because the other day I got so heated. This, this one was a bunch of girls. This happened to me twice this week, I'll tell you real quick. The, one was a bunch of girls, so I wasn't going to get with that. These were some big girls, and I mean, how's that going to look anyway? You know, I'm going to get myself knocked out. <laughs> I can't hit back, so I had to, I had to just swallow it. Just. But they were playing the most vulgar music that I've ever heard in my life. I mean, this was musical porn. It described every body part and what was being done to it in the whole nine. It was, it was horrendous. And I'm looking around like there's kids, there's grandmas, there's grandpas on this train. Like, why? And they're in there just bumping, just... And I got so heated. But then the other day, I was angry still. And, and then this was a guy. So now he's on my level. And it was just one guy. So I knew I could take this dude. And so, and so I looked at him up and down. And, I, and, and he's bumping other. This one was like, I, I can't even. It's just bad. It's bad. It's bad because the hook stays in your head too. But this was his, his whole song. And you probably know what the song is. I don't know it. But his whole song was talking to his little... Uh, I say ninjas instead of the N-word, but he's talking to all his little ninjas, and he says, you can't rock with the hoes that I rock with. Like, I, I sleep with higher class hoes. And I'm like, this is a song? And that's the chorus, and the chorus kept repeating itself. And every time it repeated itself, I got angrier and angrier. And so, so then I, I'm, I'm, I was getting bold. I said, you know, and so I, I, I looked past the people next to me, and I looked at them. And I stepped back. And he bumped it again. Apparently, this is the only song he had on the whole iPad. Because that's it was on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. So the second time, I got a little angry in my face. And I looked at him. And I made it purposeful that I'm, I'm looking around all these people to look at you on that corner. And then he was like. And he lowered it. We got to, sometimes we got to, I'm not encouraging you people to go out and fight, so please don't. That was a, probably a bad idea on my part. But sometimes you just can't take it no more, you know what I'm saying? So, so I, learned, I learned something, and what I did was that, that day on the train ride home, the rest of the train ride, I went on and I downloaded loud gospel music. But like gospel, you know, quiet. Not just like Christian music, that's worship, because that's soft, but like gospel where there's, you know, 400 people choirs. He's able! You know, that kind of stuff, you know? And so I downloaded it. I can't wait to hear one of these knuckleheads again play it, because I'm going to be like, he's able. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. And see, let's see what happens, amen? Church, church, we need to pray that the veil gets removed from our... I'm, I'm wasting time here. I'm sorry. 
We need to pray, man. We need to pray. We need to pray for our Christian artists that are trying to infiltrate the market. Let's pray. Pray for Lecrae. Pray for Andy Minio. Pray. Those guys kind of had made a name. Let's pray that they stick to their convictions. Let's pray that they continue to bring the word. Let's pray that they stay connected to God. Amen? Let's not criticize them. Let's pray for them. Amen? They've made steps in. Let's pray for them that they could really have an impact because I believe they can. Amen? I love one of Andy Minio's lines. He says, God's still calling dudes, but dudes just want to play Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so Daniel says, Daniel says, I'm different. I'm called. I'm set apart. I'm not going to defile myself with your stuff. And God honors Daniel's commitment to God. Now, let, let's be honest about fasting. Do you think it matters to God what we eat? Do you think, like, God likes, you know, honor Daniel because potatoes without butter are better or sour cream? Or you think God likes broccoli better than pasta? Do you think God is like, oh, if they're eating chicken, oh. <laughs> they're killing animals. They should be eating whole grain noodles or something. Yeah, I, l- listen, the word says it's not what goes in that makes us unclean. It's what comes out that makes us unclean. Amen. So I don't think the food matters. I don't think God cares what we eat. I think God honors our commitments when it comes to fasting. And so fasting is about making a commitment to God to train us for bigger commitments. Listen, if you start to fast, you exercise a discipline muscle that could come in handy when you have to discipline yourself for something else. Oh, come on. Y'all not listening. It teaches us to deny ourselves. It teaches us how to prioritize things. It te- Listen, we should fast at times for different reasons. Not to trick God into giving us attention. Not to make a deal with God because that, fortunately that's how people come into fasting. All right, God, I'm giving up my burger. You know, we're like 400 pounds. All right, God, I'm giving up a burger. I've eaten 400,000 of them, but I'm giving one up for you. So you better do what I'm asking you to do. I'm fasting. That's that's the wrong attitude of fasting. It's not to trick God. It's not to make a deal with God. We fast to show God that we're committed to him. We fast that we say, God, you're more important than my pork chop. Amen? And God, pork chops are good. The greasy ones with the oil, those are good. But God, you're more important to me than my pork chop, amen? It's to show that he's more important to us than social media. He's more important to us than our music. He's more important to us than our entertainment. Listen, if we're honest with each other, we have so many commitment issues. It's not just because we don't follow through on our good commitments, but often because we're committed to the wrong things. Can I talk to you? I've seen too many families, me and my wife talk about this all the time, I've seen too many families sitting around a restaurant and everybody's on their phone. Not one conversation. Me and my wife watch them sometimes. And we got to tell ourselves, hey, stop staring. Over here. But we're looking. I said, there's a, like a five-year-old daughter, a six-year-old daughter sitting there and the, both parents are on the phones. Like nobody's going to talk to that kid. What's going on? Or, or God forbid, you know, if they're teenagers, you know, there's 16 phones on the table, a pad, an iPad, and they're eating, and they're all eating solo, right? Come on, you're guilty. That's why some of you are real quiet. 
Because all that matters to them is checking their status. Here's your status. You have no relationship with your kids. Here's your status. You have wrong relationships online with women and men that are not your spouse. Here's your status. You're treading dangerous lines. Here's your status. You've lost the art of connection. You've lost the art of communication. You know how young people can't get jobs because they write in the text format. You can't go to an interview and sag your pants and write in abbreviations that are misspellings. People fill out resumes with the, with the text words, you know, without the vowels. Right, Eli, am I telling the truth? Like, really? I'm going to give you really? You want a job? Pick up your pants and learn how to spell. Come on. Your status is you've lost the art of conversation. Words are beautiful. I, I love words. Words are my thing. Words, the art of conversation, man, the art of engaging somebody without a hashtag. <laughs> Everything's a hashtag for us. <laughs> your identity is caught up with who friends you and who likes your post. That's your status. And, and church, look, even when we use it for good, because I know it can be a great tool, because it is, right? But <coughs> I use it to try to reach out to people to see who needs encouragement, and I still get burned by it. Why? Because I wish somebody a happy birthday, and somebody else says, oh, you wish them a happy birthday. You didn't wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> oh, you like this lady's uh, photo. You didn't like mine. You, 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 said, you said amen to that comment, but you didn't like my comment. I unfriend you. That's not how it works. <laughs> None of this works. So even trying to do good, we get consumed by it. Amen? I, I do. I can waste hours in a week checking it. I'm writing a message sometimes, and I want to go online to, to get the times of, a, of an event, and I waste 40 minutes catching up to the statuses. Why? Why? I get so mad. I'm like, why? Why does it? I'm doing something important. Why do I care that what this guy ate and what he didn't like and what he liked and, and a picture of him in front of this and a picture of her in front of this and more duck lips? Why? Why? I'm doing something important. Church, it can be a tool for good, but it can also be a very wicked time waster. I tell, and, and remember this, remember this, you forget anything else, remember this. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. That deserves a drink. So this week the challenge is a social media fast. And I know, I'm not telling you what to do, but I know for me, that means I'm going to have to delete the app from my phone. I have to. I'm not saying close your account. I'm saying, for me, I'm going to have to delete the app from my phone because I know, second, I'm just going to go to it. Oh, where's Facebook? Where's Instagram? Oh, the app is gone. Oh, snap. Oh, it's because it is. Oh, I forgot. 
So for this following week, man, we're going to fast. Go to on tonight and say goodbye to everybody. Amen? Don't tell everybody you're fasting. Just go by and say, I'm, take, I'm taking a break from fasting to get close to my family. I'm taking a break from fasting to get close to God. I'm taking a, and, and give them, leave, leave something heavy on somebody. Right? Leave, leave a conviction. Let it bring conviction to people. So that when they're sitting in restaurants and they see that all these people dropped out of social media this week, I got nothing to check. <laughs> None of my friends are on. That means only my worldly friends are going to be on, and their posts are horrible anyway. Right? Their posts are all inappropriate and wearing inappropriate stuff and cleavage and the whole nine, right? So, so you ain't missing nothing this week because God's people are going to be off. Come on. So this week, a social media fast. And then, and then I, want to, I want you to choose a food fast. Look at your inserts. There's a couple things you can do there. For the following week, I, I'll challenge you to do a Daniel fast. That means just vegetables and water, fruits, just natural. Look, Google. Don't go on Facebook, but Google. <laughs> don't find another, another social media either. Don't, don't, get, don't get sneaky with this. God knows. Find, and do a Daniel fast. You can do a partial fast. That's usually what I'll do. I'll skip one meal a day and, and, and skip a meal completely and move on, right? Or you can do a water and juice fast. That's for you, those of you that are serious. See, I'm going to not eat the whole week and just water and juice to, to sustain my body. But I'm committing to God. So bless those people. Amen? Listen, we encourage you, include the kids. Teach them a little bit about this and have them fast junk food. Have them fast that music. Have them fast a video game. Have them fast things like that. Include them in it, amen? There's, there's, uh, we gave you that in your inserts. If you still need that, ask for one on the way out. Whatever it is you decide to do, that's between you and God. Listen, this is important. Matthew, in the book of Matthew, it makes it really clear what our motives should be and how we should go about it. Let me give you this real quick. Matthew chapter 6. It says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. Watch this. He talks about giving. He says, when you give, don't sound the trumpet to impress people. Right? That means don't pass your $100 bill down the aisle before the basket gets to you. And then when nobody's looking, tell the usher, I need 80 bucks change. Don't even, the word says, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing when you give. He talks about praying. He says, when you pray, don't pray to impress people. Don't use words you don't know. Isn't that silly? We'll pray, thou hast her forth, thou hast her forth. Don't pray words you don't know. And he says, and the word says here, avoid meaningless repetition. God knows what you need. Just pray simply. He talks about fasting. Look what he says about fasting. Matthew 6, 16. Let me read this part for you. Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. For they neglect their appearance so they'll be noticed by men. Why are you so weak? I'm so tired. Oh, the pastor has me fasting all week. I don't know. I got no energy. I got nothing. It's so hard. Yeah, my church, we're all fasting, all of us. He says, so that we'll be noticed by men when they're fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. 
Verse 17, but you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your father who's in secret, and your father sees what's done in secret and will reward you. So the first rule of fast club is nobody talks about fast club. The second rule of fast club, you don't tell nobody about fast club. It's a private thing between you and God for your benefit. Amen? Here's the key, though. Worship team, you guys can come. Otherwise, I'll just keep going. I'm in that rule. <laughs> here's, the, here's, the, here's the key, though. Here's the key to this fasting thing, to what we're doing. The key is to take the time that you would have spent doing the thing that you're not doing and commit that time to God. You know how much time I got to give God this week? If I gave Facebook so much time last week, think about that. And then think about how difficult that challenge is. Like if you added up the hours that you spend in a week, and now you say, God, I'm going to give you that same amount of time this week for you. You're like, oh, God, what am I, how am I going to give five, God five hours? How am I going to give him six hours, seven, ten hours, some of us, in a week? But the key is, take that time that you would normally spend and spend it honoring God. By doing what? Go back to week one. By, by, by praying. By praying without ceasing. Spending time in prayer. By go to, go to week three. Jump ahead. By studying the word. Take all that time and fill it with something different. Take a time. You know what? Instead of liking somebody's comments on Facebook, go and tell somebody you like something about them. Like with a conversation. Oh, my God. With real sentences. With, with, you know, saying words correctly. Go and tell somebody how you feel about them. Encourage somebody. Do random, jump to week four. Do random acts of kindness for people. You say, I got nothing else to do. I can't write on Facebook. I got to check my status. I got all these hours free. Play with your kids. Get them off the computer and play with your kids. Amen. Play with your wife. Say amen, guys. Say amen. Husbands, wives, play with your husbands. Come on. Don't act like that's dirty. God invented that. He knows. Notice I said wives and husbands. Chill out. Chill out. Take that time to bless somebody. Take that time to study, to show yourself approved. Amen? Understand, we don't want to get through the week of prayer and never pray again. We don't want to get through a week of fasting and never fast again. This, we're developing habits. We're developing disciplines for us. Amen? I know I lost it once I went that route. I'm sorry. They're done. Everybody's saying, let now. You guys too. I know. I'm sorry. Let's just write, let's pray. <laughs> Church, this 30, this 30 day challenge is to build up our maturity. Amen. I want to see us grow so that we can grow over some things, so that we can get through spiritual slumps. Amen. I want to see a steadfast spirit in each of us being renewed. Amen. 
The last week, we're going to be talking about service. I want you all to start taking part in every ministry that's going on and start some new ones. And listen to me. If you've done this in the past and you've dropped out, I don't care. It's time to start fresh. Amen? God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. Say amen. God's doing a new thing. Those of you that get angry when they cancel a a children's church, why is it canceled? Because somebody didn't show up. That's the only reason. We don't like pick a random class to cancel. All right, no threes and fours. They stay with you today. We cancel because the teacher didn't show up. She couldn't make it. Something happens. We need committed teachers. We need committed people behind every ministry that we have. We need committed people that are committed to God, that are committed to each other. And that's what we're building here. We're building healthy families. Amen? Come on. God's doing a new thing. Get excited. Stand to your feet. Isaiah 43, 18 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Even now, it springs up. Can you not perceive it? Come on. If you need a band, come and get one. If there's more, we'll get you some. But let's worship together for the closing moments that we have. And let's get excited about this thing. If you have any questions, you can email us. Most of us all have emails at Sanctuary Fellowship. So Mark at Sanctuary. Pastor at Sanctuary. Lou at Sanctuary. Stacy at Sanctuary. All of us have those emails. I just blew up everybody's email. So feel free to write to us, ask us questions, and connect. Since we're not going to be on social media this week. Amen? Be blessed, church. We love you.